We are what we eat. We've all heard the saying, but did you know that what we eat can also affect how we feel? I'm your host, Crystal Lam, and today on Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoprosis Canada, I'll be talking to registered dietitian Sue Ma about food and your mood. Welcome to the show, Sue. We're so happy to have you here with us. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation, Krista. So let's start with the overarching question of this episode, which is food can affect your mood. It can affect how you're feeling. So are there specific foods that can boost my mood? Absolutely. So I'd like to discuss five different categories of foods that can improve our mood. The first category of food are nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds contain magnesium. And when it comes to our mood, research shows that we actually lose magnesium when we're chronically stressed. Now, you may have heard of that stress hormone called cortisol. Cortisol rises, of course, when we're stressed, and magnesium helps to lower cortisol. So it's going to play a role in helping us feel better, feel less tense, and feel less stressed. Nuts and seeds are fantastic sources of magnesium, and guess what? So is dark chocolate. So if you're a dark chocolate fan like me, you can feel good about having some dark chocolate because it does contain magnesium. So that's the first category of food to help boost our mood. The second category of food that can help improve our mood is dark leafy green vegetables. So think of leafy greens like kale, collards, bok choy, and watercress. Now, why? Well, dark green vegetables also contain magnesium. So now you're starting to learn that magnesium is an important nutrient to help boost our mood. For the third and fourth categories of foods that can improve our mood, I'm going to combine them, and it's carbohydrates plus proteins. I'm combining them because they actually work together. When we eat carbohydrate foods, our bodies make serotonin. This is that feel-good hormone, and it's sometimes even called the happy hormone because it helps us feel happy, calm, and focused. Now, serotonin isn't found in food but instead our bodies have to make it. And our bodies make serotonin with carbohydrates plus protein. That's why it's important to have these foods together. There's actually a specific amino acid called tryptophan, which is found in protein-containing foods like meat, fish, eggs, poultry, Greek yogurt, and milk. So my tip is to combine protein and carbohydrates at your meals to get this mood-boosting effect. You could try something like a yogurt parfait or overnight oats that's made with Greek yogurt, fruits, granola, and nuts. Or you could try like some chicken, turkey, some meat, eggs, fish in a sandwich, or even have it with rice, noodles, or quinoa. Fatty fish like salmon is a great source of protein because it also offers omega-3 fats. They're important not only for our heart health, but also for a positive mood. And you can even try things like beans or tofu with rice. So now the fifth category of food that can improve our mood is actually a beverage. And it's tea, black tea. This makes me very happy. Yeah, it makes me happy too. Black tea, green tea, white tea, they all naturally contain a special amino acid called L-theanine. And that has a relaxing effect and can help you manage stress and put you in a good mood. Now, L-theanine is not found in herbal teas, but we know that chamomile tea, which is an herbal tea, contains a different type of substance that can have a calming effect. 
And you know, Krista, sometimes just having a hot beverage in your hands can help you slow down, unwind, and relax. It can be soothing and calming and help put you in a better mood. Amazing. And some of the foods that you mentioned are really calcium rich, so you can actually get an important nutrient as well as boost your mood. Yeah, absolutely. Foods like nuts also are great for calcium and protein. Calcium, as we know, is important for building and maintaining strong bones and teeth. Nuts, especially almonds, contain calcium. And of course, milk and milk products like Greek yogurt, canned salmon with bones, and even fortified plant-based beverages all contain calcium too. Yeah, absolutely. Those are really great tips. And I think lots of things that people can take away from that. Now, one question that I had while you were, were speaking was, does the portion size affect your mood as well? Because I know sometimes I'll eat a lot and I'll feel really good at the moment when I'm eating it, but then I do not feel great after I've eaten that. So does portion size factor into any of these? Yeah, portion size can be really important for two reasons. So for example, those leafy greens like kale, bok choy, they're great raw or cooked, but when you cook them down, you're going to get more per volume, like more of that per cup. So you're actually getting more magnesium in cooked leafy greens than raw leafy greens. So that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at portion sizes is mindful and intuitive eating. So yeah, we can sit down and just wolf down, you know, a huge portion of something, whatever food you enjoy. But I'd like you to sort of maybe slow down a little bit, be mindful about your food, really taste, like use all of your senses when you enjoy that food. So what does it taste like? What does it smell like? Is it crunchy? Is it crispy? Is it soft? Is it, you know, slippery? Use all of your senses. That's going to help you slow down some of your eating and really be mindful with what you're eating and help maybe prevent those big portions when you're just so hungry or hangry. Yeah, I think we've all had the experience of hanger and then you just end up afterwards <laughs> thinking, what did I do? Right. So really important tip to be mindful about how you're eating. Now, I understand that also when you eat can have an impact on how you feel. And I know a lot of people listening probably have very busy, challenging lives, and it might be hard to, to schedule when they're eating or to think about, you know, how can I fit in some extra eating time? So one, why is when you eat important? And two, do you have any tips for people? Absolutely. So I'd like to throw out this question to you and to the audience. Has there ever been a time when maybe you haven't eaten for a while? Like maybe you were working at your desk during lunchtime because you had to meet a deadline, so you skipped lunch. Or let's say maybe you were driving home, got stuck in a traffic jam, ate dinner a little later than usual. Or maybe you were just out shopping and you lost track of time and you haven't eaten for a while. How did you feel? How did you feel when you, when you hadn't eaten for a while? That's a very good question because I think that hangry thing comes in again. Mm-hmm. It sure does, right? So when we don't eat for a while, like three hours, four hours, five hours, our blood sugar naturally drops, and that can leave us feeling irritable, cranky, hungry, angry, hangry, right? Impatient. No one's really going to want to be interested in hanging around a person who's in this type of mood, right? So my advice is, if you can, try to eat maybe every three to four hours, depending on your schedule, depending on your lifestyle. And that's going to maintain that you have a more steady blood sugar level and help you feel energized and fueled and alert. Um, if you're working shifts, for example, I recommend always planning ahead. Because if you're working, let's say, the night shift, 
there may not always be healthy choices available. So you might be stuck having to go to the vending machine or whatever to grab a snack. But if you plan ahead and bring your own fruits or veggies or nuts and seeds or some of those wonderful foods that I described earlier, that's going to ensure that you're getting fuel for your body, fuel for your brain, and make sure that you stay in a positive mood throughout your shift. That's such great advice. I know a lot of times when we grab something quickly out of that vending machine, we end up regretting it not only because it's not good for us, but we don't even really like it when we get it. It's it's not as satisfying. So that's excellent advice. Now, I know that the listeners are going to be very interested in bone health. We're talking a lot about how it can affect your mood, but how can it also affect your bone health, what you're eating? Well, you know, some of those foods that I described that are important for our mood contain nutrients that are also important for our bone health. So let's sort of do a recap of those foods that I talked about. The first category of foods were nuts and seeds, important for magnesium, important for mood and lowering that stress hormone cortisol. But magnesium also helps our body use vitamin D, and that's important for calcium absorption. And magnesium also contributes to increased bone mineral density, right? Nuts and seeds also contain calcium and protein, two other important nutrients which are important for bone health. So calcium, as we all know, is important for building and maintaining strong bones, strong teeth. Nuts, such as almonds, for example, contain calcium. Milk, yogurt, milk products also contain calcium. And then the protein is very important for bone health because protein provides the structure for our bones. Protein also helps to keep our muscles strong, so that's going to help with our balance and hopefully prevent falls. The next category of foods that we talked about that can improve our mood were leafy green vegetables, right? Kale, collards, bok choy, all of that. And I said they were important for mood because they contain magnesium. But these leafy greens also contain vitamin K. And that's a nutrient that's so important for bone health because it activates a protein that helps to build bone and it binds minerals like calcium, for example, to the bone. So that's going to help keep our bones strong. And then finally, we talked about those protein foods because the protein foods have that special amino acid called tryptophan. When paired with carbohydrates, creates serotonin to put us in a happy, calm, relaxed mood. But protein foods such as eggs, fatty fish, and milk contain vitamin D. And vitamin D is so important because it supports calcium absorption, helps to keep our bones strong, it also helps to keep our muscles working. So as I mentioned, vitamin D is found in eggs, fatty fish, milk, also in fortified plant-based beverages. And to make sure we're getting enough vitamin D, not only do we have to reach for food sources, but if you're over the age of 50, Health Canada recommends taking a supplement of 400 IU international units every day just to make sure we're getting enough vitamin D for bone health. Yeah, and I will refer any of the listeners if they have questions about vitamin D. We've done some amazing episodes on the podcast about vitamin D, so definitely something that you want to check out. And so we've talked a little bit about these amazing foods that can make you feel better. And that automatically made me think about what foods are going to make me feel poorly? Like what foods might impact my mood negatively? Are there any foods that you maybe want to avoid? You know, there are a couple of watch out foods, I would say. So caffeine, right? Coffee, for example, is a big source of caffeine. Caffeine can make us feel more alert. It's a stimulant. 
But my watch out here is be careful when you take the caffeine because caffeine can stay in the body for four, five hours. So if you're having it too close to bedtime, it may interrupt with your sleep. Not getting enough sleep is going to make you cranky. You know, when you're cranky, you're not going to be in a good mood. So think about your caffeine intake and make sure it's not too close to bedtime. Exactly the same thing with alcohol. For some people, alcohol may help them relax. But again, if it's too close to bedtime, it's going to interrupt your sleep and your quality of sleep. And you know, listen, in addition to eating well and enjoying regular physical activity, getting enough sleep is so important for overall health. So true. And I think many of us have had that experience of having that latte just a little too late (laughs) in the day and really regretting it a few hours later. So I think that's an amazing suggestion. One of the things you mentioned that I really wanted to follow up on was you mentioned watch out foods instead of foods that you should avoid. And one of the things I think all of us struggle with is we have those foods that we really enjoy and then we feel so guilty because we know we're not supposed to have that. How do you talk about food and the guilt that you might feel? Because that feels like it might impact your mood a little negatively. Absolutely. Okay, so here's my story. My dad's a chef, and throughout my entire life, we just enjoyed food. I mean, if there was one thing I learned from my dad, it was that food can bring us joy, comfort, celebration, and social connection. So now as a registered dietitian, I really want to encourage people to build and nurture a positive relationship with food. And that means getting rid of the guilt. Okay, so, you know, white pasta, white bread, for example, I hear consumers all the time say, oh, I feel guilty eating it, or I just, you know, feel embarrassed eating it. Do not feel guilty. Do not feel embarrassed. Because guess what? All foods can fit as part of a healthy diet. White bread and white pasta are actually fortified with B vitamins and iron. And so it actually contains more B vitamins and iron than the whole grain versions. So don't feel badly about eating the white pasta or the white grains. I would say have a mix of both. Have the whole grains because they contain more magnesium, but also be okay enjoying white pasta, white grains, white bread, because they're fortified with these extra nutrients that we also need, right? Let's say you're concerned about eating pasta. I have a tip for cooking pasta to make it even better and tastier. And that tip is to cook pasta to al dente. Very often we cook pasta past its recommended cooking time. It comes out mushy soft. We don't want that. We want it al dente because when you cook pasta to al dente, it actually has a lower glycemic index. And the glycemic index is a measure of the rise in blood sugar that naturally occurs when we eat foods containing carbohydrates like pasta. So by eating a low glycemic index food, you have a slower rise in blood sugar, which gives you sustained energy and keeps you feeling in a good mood, happier, etc. So get rid of the guilt, enjoy all foods in moderation. Remember, food is joyful. It offers comfort, celebration, and social connection, as well as nutrients and fuel for our body. That does make me feel a little better, and I hope it makes our listeners feel better too, because I know that there have been many times where I have not regretted having the pasta, so I will feel even better if that happens again. There you go. Yay, Krista. (laughs) And so as we start to wrap up the conversation, there have been so many amazing tips that you have provided. Are there any places people can go that you recommend for more resources around food and mood and maybe some recipes and other tips that they might find helpful? 
Yeah, absolutely. So Canada's Food Guide is a great resource for general information about healthy eating. And when you're planning out your meals, try to have half of your plate as vegetables and fruit, a quarter of your plate as grains, and a quarter of your plate as proteins. Another fantastic website is the Osteoporosis Canada website, which has amazing recipes. I was just surfing through some of the recipes and bookmarked them. Salmon noodle casserole that uses canned salmon with the bones, heart healthy and mood boosting omega-3 fats, as well as calcium from the bones. Uh, There's a Thai vegan curry that's made with tofu, a slow cooker lasagna, delicious, that's made with cottage cheese, ricotta cheese. So you can go to the Osteoporosis Canada website for recipes. There's also the calcium calculator, which helps people figure out if they're getting enough calcium throughout the day. And then finally, a resource is registered dietitians. And you can go to the Dietitians of Canada website to find a dietitian in your area for more personalized nutrition advice. Amazing. Thank you so much for all of that. It has been so wonderful talking to you today about all of this. I've learned a ton. I hope the people listening have learned some great things as well. So thank you for joining us. Absolutely my pleasure. Thanks, Krista. I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I've been speaking with dietitian Sue Ma about food and your mood. If you'd like more information on osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.